Hey guys, it's JJ, and before we get started with today's episode, I want to tell you guys about a credit card that Brad and I love, and that's the Jasper card. Jasper is a premium MasterCard issued by WebBank member FDIC that's designed for professionals who want to build great credit. This is a credit card that you can apply for with no credit history required, which is virtually impossible these days, as long as you have proof of income. Here's the thing, you need a credit card to build credit efficiently, but most credit card companies won't approve you for a card unless you already have a credit history. Jasper is different because their unique underwriting is forward-looking. When you apply, they look at your potential instead of focusing just on your credit history. So maybe you just started a new job and you're heading in the right direction professionally, but you don't have much credit history built up yet. You can apply for the Jasper card and if approved, have a real premium card now instead of starting out like many young people do with a debit card or a secured credit card. Plus with the Jasper MasterCard, you can earn up to 6% cash back by referring friends. Of course, terms apply, review them after you click. This card is perfect to help you start and continue to build your credit for you if you take the right steps. So if you are interested, click the link in the show notes to apply for your Jasper card today. Apply by March 31st, 2021 using promo code AMONEY to receive a $50 sign-up bonus. You receive your sign-up bonus as a $50 statement credit upon activation. If approved, terms apply. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Average Money Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to mix a little bit of Monday and a little bit of Friday. We have a topic that we definitely wanted to discuss in how we're raising money for our children, both with custodial accounts, 529s, and other methods as well. And then we got an awesome voicemail about it as well. So we're going to play that voicemail for you today, and then we're going to give our opinions. We're not like throwing these episodes, these voicemail episodes on a Monday. It just kind of tied into something that we wanted to do. So we wanted to give credit where credit was due. If you are new to this podcast, my name is Brad Finn. I am joined every single week with my boy, JJ Buckner. JJ, how we doing, buddy? I'm good, bud. I am uh, sipping on a nice cold brewski from our friends at Tavor. Guys, it's very, very rare that you get to team up with somebody that you're super pumped on. <laughs> so pumped. And Tavor is a company that didn't even reach out to us. I pretty much called and begged them and asked them if we could collaborate <laughs> together. Guys, if you are a craft beer drinker, you know all the breweries in your town. You know all the places to get craft beer. But that pretty much is it. You are limited to that particular area. And as a former craft brewery owner, I know that feeling. And as that brewery owner, I worked with Tavor. They helped us distribute our beer all over the country. And they are just an amazing way to get craft beer from all over the country that's not in your local beer distributor. They have they have membership programs. Really, really awesome. We are going to start to build our relationship with Tavor. We're going to leave a link down. Check that link down in the description below. If you are a craft beer drinker, it's at least looking into what they have. It's the only way you can get Dubco beer, the beer that I've been talking about and drinking yes. for a while. So we want to thank Tavor so much for helping us team up with this episode. But speaking of this episode, JJ, we have a pretty, pretty good topic. It's a topic that people have been waiting on. So this is going to be one of those where I know at least a couple of people on my discord are going to be like, finally, this episode is out. And I'm excited about it too, because one of the very, very few things that we are on opposite sides of the spectrum about. So I mean, and this is not to like argue and debate. Yeah, It's more to give, I think this is probably going to be one of the most broadest interpretations of something in personal finance that we can give. Regardless of who you are, we are going to touch both ends and then you're going to have to decide where you find where you land somewhere in the middle. Well, that's the great thing about having difference of opinions when it comes to these type of sub like topics is you get to hear my opinion, you hear Brad's opinion, you can hear some other guy's opinion on YouTube or podcasting or whatever that may be. And then once you hear everyone's voice their own opinion, 
at least this is what worked for me, is you kind of can make your own judgment call. And it can sometimes be you are solely aligned with one person or you kind of take bits and pieces from everyone's uh, opinion on this certain topic. And that's kind of what you come up with. I am super, super excited for today's episode. Brad, this is one that you and I have been talking about for a while. This is one that we've got a lot of requests from the audience. This is one that a lot of people ask me about all the time over at our my YouTube channel. And I know the same thing what happens for you because we're family men. We're family, we're dads. We love our family. Family literally become like family's number one for me. Yes. And everything comes or my family comes first before anything else. That's why I'm so excited to talk about this in today's podcast is because I'm really going to be laying out my thoughts, my how I have everything set up and structured for Mason and Millie's future and how I want them to succeed down the road and kind of have that next leg up that I could. And I know any parent out there, if you can help your kids get more successful now, you're going to do it. But real quick, I got to say something. That I think is very important here before we get into today's episode. <laughs> are you foreshadowing or are you... Uh... I don't know. <laughs> Let me... I seriously do want to say this though. And, and Brad, you can kind of roll with this if you want. But And I know you, don't, you didn't know I was going to say this. But this is... I, I want to say this now because I don't want people like clicking off the episode. But for real, this needs to be said first. If you are not prepared financially, if you're not already investing in yourself and your retirement it may be best to not worry about your kids right now. Yeah, you have to have, you, you have to, the old cliche, you have to love yourself before you can love other people. You have to have your financial ducks in a row, so to speak, yes. before you can start to worry about your kids. And I will say this, no, I don't want to give too much away about my position, but <laughs> I think it's worth noting for people that don't know us and just a little backstory about our kids. So I have a three-year-old daughter and my son is a little over a year. So when I'm speaking in context of my kids, my wife and I's kids, um, I have a three-year-old daughter who's like, what, two years away from first grade. And then I have a son that's a little over a year. Perfect. And I'll, so I have uh, a son and daughter as well. Uh, just the different ages are, are flipped. So my son, Mason, he will turn four, uh, actually coming up on the 29th of March. And then Millie, my daughter, will be turning one uh, on the 25th of March. And then my birthday is on the 31st of March. And Brad's yeah, on the 22nd of March. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we have a bunch of birthdays in March. We're going to have to do a flash sale for the course or something for our birthdays. Yes, that's a perfect idea. That's what everybody does, right? Oh, it's my birthday. I have all the course. We got to do it. But I, th- I think it's important for people to know because one thing we probably will talk about is how maybe your kids age might depend on your particular strategy. Very true. Great. So points. we did like like I mentioned before, we do have a voicemail that's that aligns with this topic and we didn't want to like skip the voicemail because we already talked about it on a Monday. So we definitely we were going to do this episode as you guys know, but we wanted to give credit cuz it is an amazing voicemail question and just like we mentioned in Friday episodes, guys, please leave us questions. It makes recording content so easy because the content we love to like talk about the most is the one that we know people and our listeners are are getting involved in. So that kind of helps us. But roll roll that uh, voicemail for us, JJ. Yep. Today's voicemail comes from Jimmy, and it's it's a fun one. When I first heard it, I was like, I like this one. Oh, is this oh this Jimmy that didn't know who was who? Yes. We you, finally you, found somebody that didn't know about our YouTube channels. 
That's right. They did not know about the YouTube channel, so just listen to it. It's a fun <laughs> one. Hey, Brad and JJ. Uh, my name is Jimmy. I've been listening for a couple weeks now. I uh, really enjoy your guys' podcast. I actually only found you on the podcast and didn't know about your YouTube videos. And so I only saw the picture of your of you two and, and just heard your voices from the podcast. And originally, I thought Brad was JJ and JJ was Brad, just from your voices and what I was matching with who and who. I just thought that was kind of funny. Anyway, I am curious as to what you two are doing to set up your kids for financial success. How, how are you? Like, I, I feel like it's definitely worth mentioning. I'm sure you're doing more than just helping them start their Roth IRA and so on and so forth. I wanna, I want, I'd like to hear you deep dive into that, if you will. Thanks a lot, and I really appreciate what you guys are doing for the average man, person, peoples. All right. Okay, I just got to say, when I first heard that, I was, I thought about like when I used to listen. Well, I mean, I still listen to podcasts now, but I remember like listening to podcasts where there's multiple co hosts and I never saw like a video of them or anything like that. And, and or, like even listen to a radio show, like when you're driving down the highway and you got the radio on, you're like, I wonder what that guy looks like. I guess I sound like I have a really sweet freaking beard. <laughs> <laughs> and I sound like I wear glasses. <laughs> or like you sound like a thick, but then again, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like you look like the country boy. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, thanks for the question. And I, I don't want to start, start, but I just want to say before I forget, cause I will forget this. This is something I feel very passionately about, but not in a way that I want people to think that I'm being argumentative. I do not have anything, quote, against the 529. I don't have anything against it. My position is just that there are more efficient, more practical, less limiting factors. The last thing I want, because I'm going to let you go and then I'll speak about my position. Okay. Well, hang on one second. Let me back you up real quick. Okay. I don't want to, I don't want, and see, this is the thing, like with Brad and I, we, we want to make this as much of a conversation as possible. Yeah, we're not debating. No, 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 that's not even what I'm saying. Hang on. Hang on one second. I want to, I first want to get a foundation built of not just how I'm investing for my kids. Okay. I want to spend a little bit of like what I'm doing for Mason and Millie, not really Millie now because she's not even one yet, but I want to quickly talk about like introducing the money. Yeah, yeah, like talk about money and like the things I'm doing for them and my plans to teach them down the road as Mason and Millie get older, what are some of the things I'm going to be doing? I want to touch on that first and then we'll get into the investing stuff. I agree 100%, but I am drinking so I don't want to forget. I just want <laughs> Okay, that's good. I just Go want ahead. people to know that like if you are somebody that has a 529 for your kid, I'm not calling you a donkey. I don't think you're I don't think you're an ad. like I I'm not criticizing. If somebody comes to me and they're like, I have a 529 for my kid, I'm never like, you idiot. That's spoiler alert, JJ. I have a 529 for my kid. So we'll get to that later. Yeah, in the episode. but like, I just, I, I really wanted to say that first because yes. I know that the way sometimes I can say things that like, I just want people to know that I'm not against them. It's just not for me. Just like we talked about in previous episodes, how you paid first class for Hawaii. That's just not for me. And I think when you hear my opinions, you'll you'll see where I'm coming from. But I don't want you to think that like you made a mistake if you have a 529. But first, you make a great point. How are we showing three and four-year-olds about what are we talking to them about money? Because one of the first things we ask guests is, how were you raised on money? Yes. Like, does that where does that switch just happen? 
So you go first. What, what are you doing right now? Like you said, Millie's a little bit young, and yeah. so is Brody. But um, what are we doing for our, our three-year-olds? Yeah, so like right now, it's kind of tough in that age, you know, three, four, five. They don't have a full understanding of like money and things like that. But we make it very clear to Mason, like when we like, okay, so we got a dollar general in town, Brad, you've seen it now. Like there's not much here, but we got a dollar general and by God, Mason loves going to dollar general because he usually gets a toy. Cause we buy him something for like a dollar. But there are times that I have to run in there on the side by side real quick, pick up something for Lindsay or whatever it may be for dinner. And Mason always goes with me. He just goes wherever I go. And he's always like, hey, dad, what toy am I getting today? I was like, well, Mason, you know, tonight's not the night to get a toy. You got a toy last time we were, but dad, I want a toy. Like, well, Mason, uh, you got any money you got to buy this toy with? Or like, we, we, I talk about like, things aren't, aren't just handed to you, bud. You know, like you don't just get to go in and just, you got to pay for it. And here's something else I want to say real quick too, as I'm thinking about this stuff's popping in my head. Something else we're instilling in Mason at three years old is we are giving him responsibilities at three. So right now when we go out to eat as a family, Mason has to order his own meals. And I'll be honest with you, I know 16-year-old kids that still have their mamas and daddies order their meal for them, which I think is completely ridiculous. I'm sorry if you're a parent out there that does that, but that's just ridiculous. I don't get it. Like Within certain reason, within certain some some 16-year-olds need a Okay. Yeah, for sure. Okay. But you know what? The school teacher and me just wanted to say that. Like, I know 16-year-olds that just are incapable. Okay. Well, you say, you saved me on that one. But yeah. for real, though, the average regular 16-year-old kid should order his own damn food. In your in your opinion? In my opinion, yes. You can... De- yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways. Cancer culture, bro. Don't, we've, we're only 35 episodes in. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, anyways, so to back up a little bit, yeah. you know, we, we instill in the Mason, like it does take money to buy things and he has his piggy bank and we got to pull money out of his piggy bank to go buy stuff sometimes. So he's getting it a little bit, but at three years old, he's still so young to like really get the grasp on it. But some of the things we're planning on doing in the future is he will have his typical chores that he has to do. And he has chores right now at three years old. He has to put away the silverware. We push the chair up, he puts the silverware in the drawer, and then he's good to go. But he doesn't get paid for that. Like the typical little things, he's not getting paid for. But he will get an allowance at a certain age. Lindsay and I haven't talked about exactly when it's going to happen. And then he has to do certain things with that allowance. He's got to put away some for savings. He's got to pay for his haircut whenever we go get our fresh fades. He's got to pay for things that comes out of that allowance, which in return is going to tell him, okay, I need to figure out exactly how I can spend this because... If a month goes by and he, he, he bought his haircut, he bought a new game or whatever it may be, new toy, and at the end of the month he's got no money left, I'm going to take that as a learning lesson. I'm not, like, I'm not trying to sound like drill sergeant dad here, but I want it to, be, I want it to instill him and be like, listen, Mason, dude, like you got in Millie too. Like You have got to understand like you've got to figure out a time and place when you want to spend this money because if you get to the end of the month and that paycheck isn't coming in yet, bud... You're, you're, you know, uh, what do they call it? <laughs> I don't want to say. Shit out of luck. S-H-O-T. Yeah. Shit out of luck. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, that's that's kind of like our game plan moving forward of like how I want Mason and Millie to manage money. And then now we can, I want to hear your point on that and then we can get into like investing and stuff like that. So I think one thing that's come up with Avery a lot was, hey dad, where are you going? And I think her first introduction to money was the fact that Tara and I were going to work and 
you know, oh, you're going to work? Yeah, you know, we go to work and then I drive her to school and I always make sure to not get gas without her because I feel like that was like a switch for her. Daddy, what are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm getting gas. Oh, so you can drive back and forth to work? Yes. And I go to work so that I can buy gas and that we can do things because we make money. She has no idea what money is. But back to your like um, talking about chores and things like that. I think what we're both trying to say, what you're trying to say and what I am trying to say as well is right now at this age, I'm just trying to instill some sort of work ethic that yeah. not like a return for money, but just that we are all going to be equal people because frankly, I, I'm a strong believer. And if you have a strong work ethic, you're going to find money at reg- whatever age. If you are a natural born hustler and I think what happens is when we instill this work ethic, when one day she really understands what going to work means, she's like, where are you going? Hopefully I'll be retired by then. But when she's <laughs> like, where are you going? All right, I'm going to work. Oh, why? Because you know, three-year-olds, that's all they say. Why? Why? Well, because I got to make some money. Oh, so you can buy me something special? Yes, because when we get her something or at a birthday, you know, we don't say, Thank grandma and grandpa very much. That was a lot of money. But what we do say is make sure you thank Uncle Jerry. He worked very, very hard to get that for you because she understands going to work and doing work. She understands, hey, we got to clean up the kitchen. She doesn't understand why, but I definitely see when I say to her, hey, thank Uncle Jerry for that Christmas present. He worked Mm -hmm. very, very hard. She'll say questions, and I know she gets it because she'll say things like, Oh, Uncle Jerry, you go to work? Do you go to work at school? And then he'll say, no, like mommy and daddy work at school. I work somewhere else. So I think at this age, just instilling that work ethic and why people go to work, because frankly, right, we're we're going to work because we love it. Yes, that's cliche. But (laughs) we go to work because we want to make money to support things. And I think once she understands why I'm going to work, that I have to get gas to go to work and that I have to pay for it. Like, and when I go to the grocery store, Hey, you paying? Yeah, I'm paying. Where's your money? Like things like that at three. Avery is also a very, very good communicator too. So depending on where you're at with communication at certain ages, but has the sweetest voice, by the way. Thank you. She has that sweetest voice. She has like the typical squeaky three-year-old yes. voice. And uh, <laughs> one, one day, cause she hasn't been on social media and I just, I just wanted to ask her one day when I'm like, hey, you want to be on Instagram? She's like, <laughs> then I'll throw her on there, which we're, I think we're getting close because she's like, what are you doing? But yeah, I don't think it's about teaching them about money. Like they don't need to know dollars and cents. They At just this need age, to, right? they just yeah. need to know return on investment. They need to know that I'm going to do something and I'm going to get something in return. And the more I do, the more I'm probably going to get back. You kind of agree with that? Yeah, a hundred percent, man. And, and like, it really comes back to like what you said is we're instilling not only work ethic into our kids, but responsibility. I think, and, and I really do think a three-year-old does understand when they have responsibility to do something. And I even test Mason now sometimes, like whenever, I, like today I was working on uh, the car a little bit and I had Mason and Millie both outside with me when Lindsay was doing, doing some running, doing some errands. And I said, hey, Mason, I got a job for you. I need you to do something for me. He's like, what is it, dad? And I'm like, I need you to watch your sister real quick. Now, obviously, I'm not going to leave my three-year-old to watch my one-year-old. Going down going down to the dew drop real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll be back, Mason. Hang on one second. Dad's going to catch a bus. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? It's Missouri. Oh, I mean- <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, geez. But, no, like, obviously, I have them both in clear in my sight. 
And I just tell them things like that to kind of say, hey, man, like you need to be in charge. You need to step up. You need to be, be have responsibilities, which goes back to like having the silverware and putting it in the silver drawer and understanding where stuff goes. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with you, man, on instilling the work ethic now at a young age and having that responsibility. So when they do get older, it's not such a shock for them. You know, because the, the, like when you're three years old, like at least for me, like I don't remember what I was doing at three, yeah. but I know if I've done stuff from three to five to ten, it's just going to be a way of life because I never knew any difference. And we're leading by example too. Like I had parent teacher yes. conferences at home now virtually. And I was like, you need to be good for mom because I'm going to work. She's like, Oh, your students. And I'm like, yes, I need to talk to my students, mommy and daddies. She's like, okay. And she was an angel for Tara. Cause she knew that I was working and she knew that that was important to me. So I, with little kids, you just got to figure out a way to set the foundation for, how you are going to translate money to work ethic later on. That's that's really all I'm trying to do as far as like education-wise. I don't have dollars and cents out. Like they know what money is, but my daughter's still counting. Like there's I'm not at that stage yeah. yet, which was incredible coming to see you and seeing like Mason is just a little bit older and seeing how advanced he is with things. I'm like, man, like watching him write his name. For me, Avery at three years old, it seems like forever. And I'm like, man, by the time she's four, she might be writing her name. So I just want to say that was kind of cool to see that with your boy. And if if I'm talking about a three-year-old and you have a two-and-a-half-year-old and you're like, my kid's not doing anything, it's like, trust me, a lot happens in six months. And you made a yes. really good point as well with ordering food. Like we took her for a three-year-old checkup. And, you know, the doctor comes in and asks you like, is she, does she know her animals? Instead of being like, yep. I said, Avery, what animal is that in the wall? Mm-hmm. That's a giraffe, you know, like, uh, can, can she do this? Can she do that? And I had her answer those questions, even checking in. Well, what's the name? And I'm like, Avery, tell her what your name is. She's like, Avery yep. Finn, you know? So <laughs> I think that's very important, Brad. Yeah. And like, I hope I didn't like disrespect anybody out there earlier about the whole no, 16 year old thing. I was no, busting I, your chops. I know, but I seriously though, man, like I am very strong opinionated on that. Like, I do think that I'm a firm believer, if capable, that I think... We're both old school. Yeah, man. Like, if you're a kid, like, we were both brought up to do that type of stuff. Like, you are responsible for your own self. You're your own human. Mommy and daddy's not going to be there for you to, like, you know, pat your back and do everything for you. No, because, like, that's what instills that into your... Like, what makes you want to have a work ethic out there? to get forward in life, to, to become successful. If you got somebody that's always taking care of you and babying you along the way, as you get older, no, you got to let the kids, you got to let them, you know, gotta let them fall a little bit. You gotta let them get hurt. You gotta let them get dirty. Cause that's how you learn. You know, I've had failures in my life and my parents kind of told me, they're like, dude, like shit happens, bud. Like my parents were honestly, like my parents were amazing parents in this aspect to be able to teach me that tough love. And Brad, I know you've talked about that with your dad it really does instill something into you as a man. And I think, and even as a woman too, it makes you become, I really think it has a big impact on how you can be successful later on in life when you do become an adult. Now, go ahead. Yeah, you make a great point because to what seemed like a tangent, what you're tying in here is I wasn't always good with money, but I had a worth work ethic instilled in me that even when I was 35 years old and I found out about Dave Ramsey and getting out of debt, it was an easy transition for me because I just focused that work ethic on taking care of my personal finances. Perfect point. So it's like it, it's not always a one-to-one money to you and you to money and kids to money. These are certain things that personal finance is going to 
it's going to evolve from everything. And I think that's so really true. the point. You This independence piece and having them do their own things, that's going to allow them to, when they find out about money and, and they get money, they're not going to get money and be like, Ooh, let's do all these great things. They're going to, they're going to know how hard you worked for it to get, get it for them or how hard somebody else worked to give them money. And they're going to treat that money with respect. So now that we've talked about like that foundation, we both feel it's really, really important to maybe if we can, like you mentioned, after we have our ducks in a row to maybe give them a little bit of a head start and, there's a couple ways that you do it for your kids. There's a couple ways that I do it. So we're about 20 minutes into this. <laughs> let's put on the gloves. Yep. Let's go for this one. And like JJ mentioned, a great conversation piece in the Discord. I would we would love to hear because I know Malakrick. Malakrick is uh, Malakrick. He's Malakrick. He's at school right now on a 529, and he's like he DM'd me like on the side, like didn't want to post in the group, and he's like. Brad, I am at school on a 529. I know how much you hate them. I just want to let you know they're not all bad, which goes back to what I said earlier in the episode. Like, I don't think they're bad. Yeah. If you're on a 529 or you are creating a 529, I don't think it's bad. I think you're blessed. But I just see other avenues, and there's a couple of things that I'm going to mention, and, and you can kind of like when we talked about if you should be paying for the gym or not. Like it's just, yeah. it's just my opinion. But you go well, for you go first. Defend the five twenty nine. Okay, and, and here's well, let me set up this foundation first for this debate argument, whatever we're about to have is conversation. I, conversation. Yeah, yeah. Well, I th- I think that you and I will probably agree on a lot of the cons that come with a five twenty nine. Um, like one of them being like it goes against your financial aid. You know, like if you have a 529 plan and you go to college, it does go against your financial aid. That's something you got to think about. But do you want to talk about what a 529 is quick? Because yeah, let's let's do that real quick. Let's give some brief definitions. And like I said, guys, we're not CPAs. Like, yeah, we're not experts. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, even if we're, we're your make, average guys, baby. <laughs> and, and hey, maybe you've you might have better information than us that you might be able to help us with. But let's at least break down the different types of ways that you can invest for a kid. And then maybe we'll break down each one individually. Okay. So, so let me, I'll start with my way. So the two way I'm investing for my kids, let me just run through my plan here. I use two separate accounts to invest for my children. I use a 529 plan and I use a custodial account. A 529 plan in layman's terms is basically an account that you get to invest in and you get the buy. I have my 529 plan set up with Vanguard. So inside my, my son and daughter's 529 plan that's with Vanguard, I am buying VTSAX. I have an index fund in there. Now, everything that grows, which in return means like my capital gains on the returns I earn from my investments inside VTSAX, everything that grows, grows tax free. So it works exactly like a Roth IRA. The dividends that come in from VTSAX, the capital gains that come in from VTSAX, all that grows tax-free. When I pull it out, I don't have to pay any taxes on the gains whatsoever. But here's the caveat on that. The money that gets pulled out and withdrawn from the account has to go for a qualified expense. And a qual- some of the qualified expenses for a 529 plan includes tuition, fees, books, 
equipment such as computers, internet access, computer software, certain room and board expenses, expenses for students with special needs. You can also use up to $10,000 annually for a tuition at quality K-12 through public schools, private and religious schools. However, not all states allow for tax-free withdrawals on state level. Be sure to check that with your home state rules because each state does have different rules for a 529 plan. But that is something to think about is with the 529 plan, this money grows tax-free as long as you use it for a qualified expense, you are set. Now, here's something like I know something Brad's probably going to say is like, okay, JJ, well, what happens if Mason doesn't go to school? Well, the cool thing about a 529 plan is I can lower it to Millie. You can pass that down to a sibling and I can use Mason's uh, 529 and Millie's 529 together to pay for Millie's school. Now, some people may say like, well, aren't you going to save everything in the 529 plan for Mason's school? No. So my plan is I set up a foundation in Mason and Millie's 529 account. So whenever they were born, I opened up their account literally within like two weeks of them being born. I invested the minimum to get into VTSAX, which is $3,000. And then I've slowly added to that until they turn around three, four, five, depending on how much of the account is uh, I have in there. And I like to, my goal is to have around eight to $10,000 in their 529 plan. And then I will never fund it again. Once that is fully funded in my terms up to that $8,000, $10,000, whatever it may be, then I don't ever plan on adding to that 529 plan again, only because I don't want to take the chance of not only Mason, but also Millie not going to college and me having, let's say I had $80,000 I invested in my 529 plan, because here's something also cool about the 529 plan. The contribution limit is $15,000 per year. What you can do with the 529 plan is you can actually front load that up to five years. So you can input $75,000 of front loaded income into a child's 529 plan. So if I had $75,000 in cash laying around and I wanted to throw that into Mason or Millie's 529 plan in 2021, I could do that, but I could not put any additional in the inside that 529 plan up to five years because I front loaded it all. The cool thing about that is, is if you have a child who's born and you have the cash laying around and you want to throw that amount in there, that's cool. But for me, I just don't, I didn't plan on putting that much into my 529 plan because I don't want to use all of that for the college uh, savings. So Mason has hit that threshold of around eight to eight to $10,000 in his account. Now, in the meantime, I actually opened up a custodial account before he hit that threshold for me, and I have been buying stocks with Mason in that custodial account. I do this for a couple reasons, and I don't want to get too much in detail the custodial accounts because we'll go back and forth on that too. I want to get hear your thoughts on the 529 plan. Well, let's do that now. I'll, I'll talk about the custodial account a little bit. Brad, what are your... First off, but from the things I've mentioned there, what are your thoughts on the 529 plan and kind of my plan moving forward. So one pro that you did not mention that people bring up to me all the time is that other people outside of you can invest. True. In it. So like maybe you got like the crazy uncle and you don't really talk to him or he doesn't trust you with money. He can invest right into that 529. I, I also forgot to mention the penalty. I'll let you, I'll let you handle that, but just, I got something about that that I want to say though. Go ahead. So my all of my gripes are based around restrictions. And and I'm going to talk about a couple of them. And once again, this is not because they're bad. This is not me like knocking like fees on a 4-3-B and you should get out. Lay it on us, Brad. Come on. This is just <laughs> the way I think. <laughs> okay. 
here's some of the cons that I think of. Number one, you don't get to choose your investments in a lot of cases. There's very, very limited investment opportunities. You got lucky with yours with Vanguard. They are individually state-run. Literally, they're, quote, all over the map. So state politics are going to deal with how these things operate. And I don't know about you, but I just, I don't really love politics. And I, I want to give them the least amount of control possible. As far as the K through 12, I love the idea. But we know, JJ, one of the benefits of investing is compound interest over time. So if you're going to take advantage of even private high school, which you're going to go into when you are 15 years old, you're, you're literally going to need to start this the day they're born. And some of us are learning about it when they're four or five. And that's kind of that age thing that we were talking about. Even some would argue that at 17, 18, that's not enough time to really get, you know, all the, the rules and I mean, get all the compound that we need. If the only way to invest for college and save for our kids college was a 529, I would go for it. It's go ahead. I want to say something real quick yeah, about go. the whole Vanguard thing because I think it's very important. If I was not able to use an account like Fidelity, Vanguard, Charles Schwab for a 529 plan account be due to your state regulations or whatever, I probably would. I, I know I wouldn't open a 529 plan because of the fees and regulations that come with it. Yeah, they, they, they do come with higher fees and it's you're going to talk about the custodial account and this is kind of a point that I want to make and this isn't if or that. Like, if I said to you, I'm going to give you this opportunity to invest, it's going to come with higher fees than an alternative. It's going to come with more restrictions than the alternative. And it's going to be dictated by politics versus the alternative. And I didn't call it a 529 or a custodial account or anything else. It Without the name 529, it just doesn't seem right to me. I just don't want to be restricted. And as far, and here's something big that not a lot of people talk about. I'm not going to talk about the cons of like financial aid, like whatever. I, what We can go back and forth. Uh, whether you have money, your kids have money, it doesn't. I'm thinking more practical things that as a school teacher, guys, I am a high school teacher of 16 years and I see these things happen over and over again. And it may seem like hocus pocus to you, but I'm going to tell you something right now that's very, very realistic. There is a chance by the time that JJ and I's kids get to age, university is going to be maybe free. We're looking at a universal plan for a lot of things moving forward. And it's not far-fetched because we are one of the only first world countries where you pay to go to university. And so let me, let me hang on one second. Yeah, I want to ask you something about that too then. If that happens and we have universal school or you know, uh, governmental funded college schooling or whatever mm-hmm. that is, kind of like we do with our public schools. Mm-hmm. Don't you think there would be some uh, terms and conditions that would be changing for the 529 plan? Do you? I hate answering questions with questions. <laughs> yeah, come on, dude. Don't give me that kind of debate. Do <laughs> no, you? go ahead. Lay it on me. Who's going to make those decisions? What do you mean? Who's going to make the decisions? Uh, change in the terms. Yeah. The politicians. Do you trust politicians? Are we getting? Are we getting there on the? In general. Uh no, I don't. So. But here's my thing. This goes back to how I have how much I have invested in my five twenty nine. Right. And I 
I all because like I could say this too. Did you so? Hold on, let me get. Let me no, 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 no. <laughs> let me throw this at you real quick. You could say the same thing about a Roth IRA. You could easily say the same thing about a Roth IRA, and we preach the Roth IRA is the greatest investment. Facts. We just did a whole episode on it. The government could change rules on the Roth IRA in an instant. And now everything that grows in the Roth IRA is taxed and they could have some penalties or whatever that be. So I could say that with anything in any type of investment account. Your money that you put in for Mace, he's four. Has that been dollar cost average over time or did it get front loaded when he was born? A lot of it was front loaded um, his first year of life. Everything else on top of that has been kind of just like birthday money okay. and growth. Knowing what you know now, three years later, would you have done the same in that first year of life? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I still would open the 529 plan and fund it because like, here's my, my main thing with the 529 plan. Like here's the main reason why I opened it was for the tax-free growth. If he goes to school. For sure. But here's my thing too. Do you think our country is going more towards entrepreneurship or college-based education? College-based education. Really? Yeah. You got to think about this, man. Like, do like, and here's my thing. I personally would like to see it go more as entrepreneur type. You know, uh, I think society is more going towards entrepreneurship. But when you really get it boiled down to it, like, think about how many people can really be an entrepreneur. Like, think about do that for have, a second. I, like, I don't. But do you have ten best friends? Uh, no. Do you have? Five, <laughs> do, I don't. Do you have five best friends? I mean, do you have five? No, best, I don't. Do you have three best friends? I have three close friends, yeah. All right. How many of them are using their college degree? Uh, Well, they didn't go to college. so. But they went to trade school. And you can use a 529 plan for trade school. So here's my thing. You can. Think of all the different... Like, okay, if they don't be... In certain states. If they don't be... uh, Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> if they don't be an entrepreneur... If they don't become an entrepreneur, everything else you can use, at least for Missouri's rules, you can use your 529 plan for. Cosme, uh, cosmetology school, trade school, uh, anything like that. Going to learn, you'd be an apprentice somewhere, you, you can use your 529 plan for all that. Which is another case or another reason why I only invested a certain amount in the 529 plan in case Mason doesn't go to school. And if Millie doesn't go to school, then I end up just, I have to take my loss. I take my 10% penalty on my gains only. It's not the 10% on the money I put in. I get all that money back. It's only- You're recognizing the restrictions and the, and the, the, pro, and the cons. Absolutely. And I'll take the risk for the small amount of money I invested for the potential growth that could happen over 18 years of, of Mason's lifespan for before he goes to college. To get that amount of money tax-free- Instead of having to take possibly a ten percent penalty on the money that was gained, not money that I earned. Right. It's not. It's not, or not the money I put in. It's only the money gained. Yes, I would be every time I would take. So, that do chance. you advise people to stop at a certain point? I was. I don't. I wouldn't. I would say that's totally up to them. This is just my. That's what I. That's what Lindsay and I have decided from when we opened up the five twenty nine accounts. We always knew we would fund it up to a certain amount, knowing there was a chance that Mason or, or Millie would not go to college, and we would just say, okay, we would just take the hit on a 10% penalty and then pay taxes on the gains. Again, I need to stress this. like The 10% penalty and the, gain, and, the, and, the, uh, and the taxes you're paying on is not the money you put in. So I could pull all my money out that I put in there and, and wash it, and, and it even... 
So like the gains are kind of like the cherry on the top, you know. And that's what I'm, that's another point I want to make with this is it acts very much like a Roth IRA. Everything except you just got to put a qualified expense towards education, right? And every state varies on their qualified expenses. Every For sure, state. that's yeah. and that's so. I really would recommend. I just, I'm not, to and look I'm not trying yours. to like mock you or like or, yes. or like pick at you. I'm just letting the listeners know that you in Missouri and me in New York, in a red state, blue state, whatever. Yes. If you look at the fine, this is a driving, just like when you're looking at a four three B, and and my four three B could be amazing, and yours could be dog poop. Like, I just wanted to be very, very clear that one of the major differences in in New York, I don't have some of these amazing perks, or I have more restrictions that I'm seeing from my experience than somebody might have in, say, Missouri. Solid point, man. And I will say this, I got lucky being in a state that is pretty good for a 529, I guess I should say that, or how I say that, but I, I don't want to, I think... Do you, do you have any other points about that though? And what are your thoughts on like me, mine, and Lindsay's plan on, uh, like setting a certain amount and then capping that and then doing the custodial account on top of that? I, I low key think you stopped because you realized how crappy it was. I mean, we're not now, not how crappy it was. I think you realized that there's other opportunities with less restrictions. No, that was Lindsay and I's plan from the beginning, from the get go. Really? Yeah. Then I'll tell you exactly what I'd say to anybody: like having money put aside. Even if you have to pay taxes and penalties, this is an efficiency thing. This is not like yeah. you didn't do anything wrong. JJ's not an idiot. Mason's not screwed. This goes back to like the payoff debt versus invest. Yeah, or yeah, claim or debt debt snowball versus debt avalanche. avalanche. <laughs> yeah, if you're putting away money for your kid, like I don't think you're in the wrong. It's just the what's the more efficient way. Mason's never gonna say, Dad, what you're supposed to be this. YouTube podcast <laughs> financial. What were you thinking with this? And that's and and that happens because that's like I said that's what Frank said to me. He's like Brad. He's like I don't want to say it, but I just want to let you know like it was really really good for me. I'm like Frank, that's freaking awesome. Yeah, that it was good for you. And I am not opposed to it, but I seek other routes. So let's before we beat this five twenty nine today. Unless you have a follow up, like nope. I was just gonna ask you, Brad. So you do obviously don't use a five twenty nine plan. I I won't even cons- to be honest. Th- it would take a lot, and it would take. I mean, a, maybe a PowerPoint presentation, <laughs> and some, <laughs> and some data, and uh, some. I don't know. I I I don't even consider it. So what's your plan? All right. So my plan. First and foremost, the investments that I have for my children. Now, we also have to put into context, I've been debt-free for a year and a half. So for the first pretty much year, no, two years I've been debt-free. So for the first year of my daughter's life, my son was born into debt freedom. For the first year of my daughter's life, I had debt. So I did not do anything. I, I firmly believe do not be investing with your kids until you're, you're set. So I didn't do anything with that. What I did realize later on is that I could, I definitely took her birthday money and stuff and put it in a high yield savings account at first. That's what I did because her money is her money. What I realized is as a small business owner, and I'm going to speak to small business owners first because I get asked this question all the time. What do you mean your daughter has a Roth IRA? You need earned income. I'm so glad you brought this up. So the first place that I go for my both of my kids, my one-year-old and my three-year-old, 
are Roth IRAs. Now, do they max them? No, because there's legalities here. So essentially, here's what kind of breaks down for my kids and how I have Roth IRAs for them because it's a question I get asked all the time. I am a content creator as well as other things. I can pay my kids to quote work for me and earn a salary by doing so or I can 1099 them inside the business. What does a three-year-old do for the business, Brad? My daughter helps me tidy up around the set, helps me vacuum the floor. Fix your thumbnails. Helps me say, I say, Avery, which which one does daddy look the most excited in? Kids don't lie. You look angry in that photo, daddy. Now, I can pay Avery to do these things. My, my son, Brody, I can take pictures of him and I can sell stock photos of him for my friend's blogs and things like that. I can do these things and pay them a reasonable wage. Now, here's the awesome thing about that. For my business, that is a payroll tax expense. So you're like, oh, you're going to make your kid pay taxes? I paid Avery enough where, number one, she doesn't make enough to have to file. Number two, if she did, she would meet the standard deduction. So she's essentially getting that money tax-free, and I'm writing it off as a tax deduction, so it helps my business as well. Now, granted, the the max for the Roth IRA is 6000 Guys, we're talking a couple hundred bucks. But a couple yeah. hundred bucks for a one-year-old and a couple hundred bucks for a three-year-old is a lot of money, especially compounded out over time. So that's kind of the first thing I want to go. And as Avery gets older and she develops more skills, every year I pay her a little bit more to help me with different things. You know, I'll throw, I'll have her sit in the chair while I set lighting and things like that. And these are things that your kid can do. The best job is for a little kid tidying up a workspace. If you have a business... It needs to be clean and a three-year-old can help you clean and you can pay them a reasonable wage, whether that's a flat hourly fee, whatever. So that's the first place I go. The next place I go, which is I know something that you are uh, involved in, is a custodial account. But I will say this, before we get to custodial accounts, the money that I put into the custodial account is really, for me, only just birthday money and whatever money comes in from family members. My family members know about my, my money situation. My father-in-law knows that if he gives me 500 bucks for Avery's birthday, I'm buying four and a half shares of Disney with it. He knows mm-hmm. that. Now you say, My family hates that, by the way. <laughs> what? That I, they, know, they know I would do the same thing. They know I'm going to take Mason's money. I'm going to buy him stocks for in his custodial account. And people hated me too. And I say, hey, listen, you're 50 years old. When you were two, did you want that G.I. Joe doll or do you wish somebody bought you one share of Apple? Boom, baby. Mic drop. <laughs> Simple as that. But oh, I think I'm going to lose my train of thought. But here's the reason why I don't like throw extra money in. I am not a fan of putting education and tuition on a pedestal. And this is an argument I have with people all the time. You have two positions here. And this goes even back to my con with the 529. I don't see a need to take an expense, any singular expense for a child that I plan on helping them with and making a separate account for that. If you are going to have a 529 account, I think you should have a first wedding account. And I think you should have a sweet 16 account. And I think you should have a first house account. I think you should have all these other major expenses that you know your kids are going to have that you need to pay for. 
Why do we have 529 accounts? Because it's so lobbied by the freaking government. The government doesn't care if you get married, so they're not going to have a special retirement, special savings account for weddings. But they know they can get a piece of you with college tuition because everything is run through the government when it comes to that sort of stuff. So it's like, don't come at me and say, I'm, I need to save for my kid's college. Well, are you going to, are you going to buy them their, you're going to help them with their first car? Do you have a car fund? Do you have a wedding fund? Do you have all these other fund? No, my goal as a parent is to grow my net worth to a position that if my kids need help with money, not giveaways, not handouts, but if my kids need help with money, I am going to be there for them. My father-in-law, I'm blessed, paid for my wedding. New York wedding, probably in excess of $75,000 for my wedding. My father-in-law didn't have a Tara's wedding fund. He said, I'm going to save. I'm going to be good with money. And one day when my daughter needs money, I'm going to be able to give it to her because I'm blessed. Because I took care of growing the family's net worth and Tara's going to be a part of that family. And that's kind of why I'm like, I could throw extra money and I could throw $50 a month in for Brody. But I can just as easily invest things I know. And I know you talk to your son about, which I know you're going to talk, you're going to talk mm-hmm. about that because I'm not there yet with Avery. And yeah. maybe I will use it as a bonding experience and things like that. But I just don't see the need to take education as a whole and give it its own little place in my personal finance journey. I just don't see the point. I'm saying... Brad, I want you to be a multimillionaire so that when Avery gets married, boom, you want an oyster bar at your wedding? Daddy's got that, baby girl. You want a really nice dress and, you, and you're a good girl, so I know that you're not going to YOLO on your dress. You're going to get one that's just perfect for you. Daddy's got that for you. Oh, you want to go to a state school and you want to go specifically for this major? Daddy's got you, baby girl. And same with my bro. Same with Brody. And that's kind of... So I don't actually put regular money into that custodial account. I just do the five. I I max out as much as I can on a reasonable wage for my Roth IRA. I take birthday money, things like that. And if they do something dope, I'll throw some money in there. Or if I have a really good month and I'm blessed, I will spread that blessing amongst my kids, but I don't have regular investments into their portfolios. Okay, cool. No. So quick question there. You were talking about like the educational thing. You're meaning towards like the 529, right? Is that what you're, or are you just saying in general? I'm saying, yeah, I mean, we're, we're based around, I mean, maybe I'm just cliche where I think when we talk about saving for kids, it's always saving for kids, dot, 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 for college. Okay, so this is perfect. This is a perfect segue into like the reason why I have the custodial brokerage account. And I also will say this too, Brad, like um, I think you and I maybe have difference of opinions on like the whole wedding thing and state going to a different state school. Like Lindsay and I have already had this talk, like we'll set a budget for the wedding and that's what they're going to use. I mean, and if they want to go on, if they want to go that extra amount, then they can, that's on them. That's on them to do that. You know, like that's just a personal opinion of mine. But that budget changes if you're a millionaire versus a multimillionaire now. Uh, yeah, for sure. Okay. It definitely depends on your net worth. Yeah. So, uh, also I think it's like for whole, the whole college aspect, like I would say like, I'm not paying $70,000 a year so you can go to 
you know, the University of Las Vegas or whatever. I don't know. I just came popped in my head. Whenever you can go to Mizzou for a third of the price, I'm with you 100 percent on board with that. My kids will get state tuition because there's great schools in state, in state tuition. Yeah, yeah, get state yes. tuition. And if you want to go outside state, so you want to go. And Dave Ramsey says this: you want to go 30 miles over state line so that you can party and pay 30 grand more. That's on you, baby girl. So I'm glad you said that because I thought you were meaning if they wanted to go out of state. No, I mean like if you want to go oh, to if you want to go okay. to a state school, I, I I'm it. for because that's the same as me. Like my, my parents were like, I'm going to pay for you to go to the University of Albany, and. You can okay. go to that state school, and Siena is right down the road. And everyone wants to go to Siena because it's a private school, but they pay forty grand more a year, which is dumb to me. Yeah. So me yeah, too. no, I'm, a, I'm, I'm. When I think about what I want to fund for college, I want to fund in-state school tuition. Okay, cool. So we're in agreement on that then. Yeah. Excellent. So now with the custodial account thing. So custodial account, real quick, works like a brokerage account that you have with Robinhood, that you have with Vanguard, Fidelity, Webull, whatever it may be, but it's for your kid and it's in your kid's name. Now I'm the custodian of the account. I'm the manager of the account. I choose what gets invested inside this account, but Mason's custodial account is in his, in it's in his name. That is in his name that he owns the right to that money. So everything that goes into this account is going to go for Mason. And he has, when he gets to a certain age in Missouri, it's either of 18 to 21 years old. He's going to be able to take that money out and do whatever he wants with it. Now, there's a couple things he can do. And this kind of goes with the teaching process of your kids as they're growing older is this custodial account can be used for so many different things. As right. long as it's for your kid, he has the own decision to do choose to do whatever he wants with. So for Mason, like my Lindsay and I's thoughts on this is okay. One thing Mason could do with this custodial account is this could grow into a nice chunk of change for him Mm -hmm. that he, he could use for him and his wife to fund their wedding that they could use to put a down payment on their first home that he could use, to put a down payment on his first investment property when he goes away to college or whatever and and house hack, whatever it may be. Right. He's going to have this chunk of change available to be able to do that with. Now, again, I need to stress, I would say like 1%, if no, I wouldn't even say that much, goes into this account for Mason okay. of Lindsay and I's total like net worth, uh, you know, amount of money we earn every single month. There's, I mean, there's months that go by where we don't put anything in this account. So it's because I have goals I need to hit first. Exactly. Lindsay and I need to be financially independent before I start unloading a crap ton of money inside the 529, inside the the custodial account. I need to get set up first, which just goes to your point, Brad, that you made perfectly, is I need to be set up to be financially independent, to be the millionaire, to be a multimillionaire, that no, I know that I can afford to put the money in there, that I know I'm set up for the rest of Lindsay and I's life. You're the captain of the ship, bud, and when you're the captain, it doesn't matter how full the deckhand is if the captain's hungry. So true. And this goes back to like the and being in the airplane too. They always tell you to put your mask on first. That way you can, you know, get your kid ready and get the yeah. kid and get your mask on your kid because you're prepared. You're ready for that. I think that's very important. And that's why I wanted to stress that at the beginning of the episode, Brad, is I wanted to mention if you're not able and you're not set up yet, and you're let's say you're 50 years old and you're listening to this, or let's say you're 40 years old and you're listening to this episode, and you're not quite ready, you don't have much in retirement. I would say your kids are going to make it just fine. I did it. 
I did it with no help. Like it, it can be done. Your retirement, your financial success for you and your husband, you and your spouse, your significant other needs to come first. Yeah, don't go to your deathbed on debt because you had to worry about your kids going to college. So true. You know, that's, and I'm talking from a guy, I lost both my parents who did the latter. My parents spoiled the crap out of me. And in my mother and father's last days, they couldn't probably do some of the things they wanted to because they spoiled us. And I'm not against spoiling my kid, but I'm saying definitely understand what's best for you. One thing before we wrap this up, JJ, and I want to ask you this because it comes up with my friends and they kind of think I'm an idiot about it. With the custodial account, they have the rights to it at a certain age. Are you going to tell him and her about it? Or are you going to kind of hold and wait till you think they're ready to know about it? Well, I mean, I guess technically Mason already knows about it because I kind of use this as like a father-son bonding moment. Right. I'll do the same thing with Millie when she comes to that age. So I'm using it as, I'm using this custodial account as a way of teaching him, as a way of doing something as a father and son together to show him what he needs to look for when he is investing in a company and not just say, okay, I'm just going to use this money when I turn 21, whatever it is. So yeah, like he'll, he'll definitely know about it and he'll, he'll know about it, but it's to me as a parent to hopefully instill the right values in Mason and Millie to where they will use the money for the rights in the raise. And if they don't, then that's on them. You know, I will, I'm, on I'm willing. It's on us. For sure. Yeah. For sure. But I will do my damnedest to teach Mason and Miller the right ways to handle their money. So when that time comes and they do get whatever's in this custodial account at there when they're 21, then hopefully they do the right thing. We're rolling the dice thinking that we're going to give our kids the right. So yeah. like, let's wrap this up, I think. And then um, I know that you want to read a review, but I think it's safe to say if you've already started a 529, neither of us are saying stop, but at least look at other options. Not many people know that you can open a custodial account for your kids. That's worth noting. And if you are a small business owner, please, I beg you, talk to your CPA because there are restrictions and things like that. Talk to your CPA about paying your kids, even if you have a sole prop, paying your kids a little bit of money to open a Roth IRA for them. And you can find different ways to do so. But I think at the end of the day, the overarching thing that I think JJ and I can both agree on is build your ship. You know, build it strong. So that you know you can take care of them because that's it's we're building legacies for our kids and a couple thousand dollars that you invest in your kid is not going to dictate the course of their life, but you know not taking care of yourself definitely will. JJ, would you agree with that? A hundred percent, man. You got to put yourself first. I know you love your kids. I know you want your kid. You want the best for your kids, but you have got to put yourself first because Brad mentioned this perfect earlier in the episode. When he's financially successful, when he has the million-dollar, multi-million-dollar net worth, when Avery and Brody are at that certain age, it doesn't matter what accounts you have for your kids because you're going to be able to afford whatever you want. And please, guys, leave us pros and cons or something that we might have missed inside the Discord, the Facebook group. You guys know how to get in touch with us. Please, like I said, we, we're not saying that we know all this. We're learning with you guys as well. This is just what we've learned so far. So if we miss something major, hop in the Discord in the episode reactions. Let us know exactly what's going on. And as you as you heard earlier, guys, voicemails, we love them. Please leave voicemails. 
And with that, guys, I think JJ wants to leave a review. Yes. So today's review comes from, I'm going to say Q-Tram, because uh, I won't be able to pronounce the first part. And it says, thank you. Brad and JJ, I just want to say how much I appreciate you guys for sharing your knowledge on personal finance. I am very frugal and save, 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 and I have a budget and follow it pretty well. But I'm stuck. I've only recently started investing in the stock market and creating an IRA. Don't know what I'm doing, to be honest. I don't know much about the next steps to growing wealth, investing, IRAs, real estate, etc. But I am learning from your podcast and Facebook group. Thank you for taking the time to share what you know and helping me to move forward in my personal finance. Boom, dude. Yeah, thank you so much for your time and for leaving that comment and giving us some feedback. We, first and foremost, we mentioned every episode, we're here for you guys. We're teachers and uh, that's what we want to do. And it really is rewarding. There's very few nights I sleep better than after we record late at night and I can just go to bed and say, did some part. I did my part today, at least uh, to help some people maybe change their life with money. It's the average money community, man. Like, and I, I it's crazy. Like, I still remember, <laughs> like, you and I sitting down and and just doing the welcome to average money episode when no one was listening, and now we're actually starting to have an average money co- community. It's it's a bunch of people who are your typical average Joes like you, like me, but we're doing above average things exactly. with money. We're winning with money. We're doing things that not your typical person wants to talk about on a Friday night in the bar, like, you know, with your friends or whatever. <laughs> but man, it's so amazing to be a part of something like this. And I cannot wait to see where it goes. Yeah, buddy. If you do need a link for the voicemail, check the descriptions. We also want to thank all of the companies and partnerships that we're working with to help bring this podcast to you. Check those links out in the description below. And until we see you on the next one, guys, cheers. Hey guys, so in today's world, it is extremely important to make sure you are protecting your online privacy and identity. You have to think about this when you are traveling or you're out using public Wi-Fi, checking your Robinhood portfolio, or just browsing the internet. It is so important to make sure you have a VPN service so that way you are protecting yourself and your online identity. One way you can do this is by using a VPN service, and the VPN Brad and I recommend and use is the world's leading VPN, Private Internet Access. With Private Internet Access, you can browse anonymously with a private IP address and enable strong encryption to protect yourself from your ISP and public Wi-Fi networks. You can also get access to tons of new content on platforms like Netflix, Disney+, Amazon Prime Video, HBO Go, and more. Private internet access provides the highest speeds and most encryption. If you guys are interested in protecting yourself online, then for a limited time only, you can get two years plus three months free for only $2.59 per month. When you go to privateinternetaccess.com slash average money, there is a link also in the show notes for you guys to click on.